On Friday, October 28th, 2016, a fire started at the Willowbrook Ballroom on Archer Avenue in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. For a venue with a nearly 100-year history, most articles about the fire and the loss included a story familiar to many Chicagoans, a story about a ghost called Resurrection Mary. My name is Tommy Henry, and this is the Chicago History Podcast. This isn't just an episode about Resurrection Mary, although since this episode is being released on Halloween weekend, the lore of Resurrection Mary is a big part of it. We are also going to discuss the Willowbrook Ballroom, the Namesake Cemetery, and the town of Justice, Illinois, where Resurrection Cemetery is based. Growing up in southwest suburban Lamont, Illinois, kids talked a lot about Resurrection Mary, especially around Halloween. The details varied from telling to telling of the story, much as they still do, but here is the version of the story I hear most often shared. A young blonde woman in a white dress named Mary is out for a night of dancing at a ballroom on Archer Avenue on the city's southwest side. She gets into an argument with her boyfriend and decides to go home on her own. She leaves the dance hall and while walking along Archer Avenue is struck and killed by a hit-and-run driver. She is mourned and buried at Resurrection Cemetery in nearby Justice, Illinois. Not long after, drivers begin to see an almost luminescent woman hitchhiking along Archer Avenue, not far from the ballroom, and offer to give her a ride. The drivers later remark that the woman rarely says anything during the trip, but when asked her name, the girl replies with a whisper, Mary. Once the driver and passenger were near Resurrection Cemetery, the woman would ask to be let out and would promptly disappear near the front gates. How did this story begin? Who was Mary and how has this tale continued for so long? As for who the real Mary was, here are a few hypotheses. On March 10, 1934, 21-year-old Mary Bergovi of 4611 South Damon Avenue in Chicago was killed when the auto in which she was a passenger crashed on Wacker Drive at Lake Street in Chicago. The driver, John Toll, 25, said he did not see the L substructure. Another passenger named John Riker suffered a possible skull fracture, and 22-year-old Virginia Rosansky was, quote, shaken up and scratched. Records kept at the time by Satala Funeral Home at 4744 South Damon, less than a half mile from Mary's home, describe Mary as a factory worker and that she died on the way to Iroquois Hospital, 23 Wacker Drive, Long Gun, and was buried at Resurrection Cemetery on March 14, 1934. There is no mention of her enjoying dancing at a ballroom that night, and unlike the blonde-haired Resurrection Mary of the many stories, 
Newspaper images of Mary Bragovi show a dark-haired woman. Not long after Mary Bragovi's funeral, sightings of the ghostly apparition began. One of the most popular sighting stories was by a man named Jerry Paulus, who claimed to have danced with Mary all night long in 1936 or 1939, depending on the source, at the Liberty Grove Ballroom on the city's southwest side. At the end of the night, the woman who said she lived on South Damon Avenue said she needed a ride home, but when they got close to Resurrection Cemetery on Archer Avenue, she said, quote, I must leave you now. You cannot follow me, and disappeared from his car. If you want to see the late Jerry Paulus tell the story, which I'm sure he did a billion times at parties, we know, Jerry, you dance with Resurrection Mary. Search YouTube for the Unsolved Mysteries episode from the 90s with Robert Stack. One other name often mentioned when speaking of Resurrection Mary is Anna Norcus, who was born in Cicero, Illinois, in 1914. According to Chicago-based historian, author, and parapsychologist Ursula Bielski, in her 1998 book Chicago Haunts, Ghost Lore of the Windy City, Anna's devotion to the Blessed Mother led young Anna to begin using the name Maria, or Mary, as her middle name. Blonde and slim, one of her favorite activities was to dance, and after relentless begging, her father, with whom she was very close, agreed to take her to the O. Henry Dance Hall, which later became the Willowbrook Ballroom, on July 19, 1927, to celebrate her 13th birthday. Driving home late after passing Resurrection Cemetery, the car turned down a darkened road and his father missed a 25-foot-deep railroad cut. There were allegedly no warning signs at the site, and crashed the car. Young Anna was killed instantly. Anna was scheduled to be buried in nearby St. Casimir Cemetery in a family plot. If young Anna was buried at St. Casimir's, why is there so much activity at Resurrection, you might ask? Author Ursula Bielski went on to write that in the 1920s, grave digging was extremely hard and did not pay well. There were often strikes at cemeteries, and when that happened, neighboring grave diggers would have to retrieve the caskets of those waiting to be buried and bury them temporarily at their cemeteries until the strike ended, at which time the body could be buried in its intended final resting place. With poor coffin construction and without proper refrigeration, bodies would decompose rapidly above ground. Is it possible that before Anna Norcus was buried at St. Casimir Cemetery, she was caught up in a strike and temporarily spent time at Resurrection Cemetery? Could her remains have been mistakenly buried at Resurrection, leading to a restless spirit that still roams Archer Avenue for a chance to dance? Oddly, I found very little about Resurrection Mary in local news sources during the 1950s and 1960s. By the 1970s, that all changed with numerous Mary sightings. The 
the late Richard Crow, who resided in Oak Lawn, Illinois, and in 1973 started the very first Chicago Ghost Tour, claimed in an October 1992 Chicago Tribune article the reason for so many sightings of Resurrection Mary in the 1970s was because of the disturbance of her gravesite. During the 20s and the 30s, graves in the oldest section of Resurrection Cemetery were sold on 25-year terms. After the 25-year term ended, surviving members could repurchase the site. If they did not, the marker was removed, the land regraded, and the spot was resold at a discount, with new graves being created on top of the old, now with 99-year terms. As Mary Bragovi's grave was a term grave in a section that was allegedly renovated in the 60s or the 70s, it is thought her grave may have been resold or moved altogether as she had no surviving family members at that time to renew the plot. If there is one thing I've learned from watching spooky movies, it is that spirits are not keen on their graves being moved. Just in 1973, there were two Mary sightings of note. Bob Main was the night manager at a dance club called Harlow's at 8058 South Cicero Avenue in Chicago. Main claimed in a local 1992 newspaper article that a woman came in on a Saturday night. In Main's words, quote, She was about 24 to 30 years old, 5 foot 8 or 5 foot 9, slender with yellow blonde hair to her shoulders that she wore in these big spooly curls coming down from a high forehead. She was really pale, like she had powdered her face and her body. She had on an old dress that was yellow, like a wedding dress left in the sun. She sat right next to the dance floor, and she wouldn't talk to anyone. She danced all by herself, this pirouette-type dance. People were saying, "'Who is this most bizarre chick?' She had this teardrop on her cheek that looked like nail polish, but when you got right up to her, it looked like her eye was bleeding. Maiden went on to claim that although he worked the door and they carded everyone who came in, Chicagoans of a certain age who are listening are likely chuckling at that claim, no one who worked there from Maine to the servers to the bartenders ever saw this woman come in or leave. That same year, 1973, at Chet's Melody Lounge, which is right across the street from Resurrection Cemetery, the driver of a cab that had been idling in front of the building finally came into the bar, asking about the blonde who had ridden in his cab and asked to be dropped off at Melody Lounge. Although the driver saw her enter the bar, he assumed so she could get money to cover the fare, no one in the bar saw anyone who fit that description enter. The driver searched the bar, including the ladies' room, and found no one. In 1976, a police sergeant was called to the front gates at Resurrection Cemetery on a report that someone was locked inside. He checked the area and didn't find anything, but later noticed that two heavy bars of the ginormous gate were pulled apart with hand marks scorched into the metal as though someone or something, tried to force its way out. 
That section of the gate's bars was later cut out and replaced. Of course, there is another explanation for the bent bars, and it has been said that a truck driven by one of the cemetery's crew backed into the gates, causing the damage. In an effort to repair it, they tried heating the bars with a blowtorch in an effort to bend the bars back to their original position, and the handprint was from a worker's glove. A little more about Chet's Melody Lounge, the place of the idling cab driver. They have for a long time left a bloody Mary. Get it? Out every Sunday in case Resurrection Mary wants to stop in. So far, she has not. According to the book Folk Tales and Legends of the Middle West by Edward McClelland, published in 2018, in the 1990s, the owner of Chet's Melody Lounge was greeted outside the bar by a man waving desperately who claimed to have hit a woman with his car, but he couldn't find the body. The owner of Chet's asked, Was she a blonde woman in a white dress? To which the man responded, How did you know? That was Resurrection Mary. Don't worry, you didn't hit anyone, you saw a ghost. Uh, there's no sign that anyone went to see if the driver actually hit a real person, but I couldn't find any news articles about a body being found along that stretch around that time. Archer Avenue, it should be noted, is close to the Illinois and Michigan Canal, which was built between 1837 and 1848 on Native American tribal lands. Many of those who worked to build the canal were killed or died during its construction, which adds even greater creepiness to the area. Let's talk a little bit about Justice, Illinois, the slightly smaller than three-square-mile suburb located about 14 miles southwest of downtown Chicago, where Resurrection Cemetery is located. The land, now called Justice, developed along the aforementioned Archer Avenue, which was a former Indian trail, and is considered one of the oldest roads in Cook County. In 1835, commissioners representing the I&M Canal, which was built to link the Great Lakes to the Mississippi River and onto the Gulf of Mexico, began selling parcels of land in the area to help finance construction of the canal. The earliest settlers in the area were German immigrants and Irish canal workers. At the end of the Civil War, more German farmers settled into the area. In 1894, Bethania Cemetery was established on the northwest side of the area, followed by Resurrection Cemetery in 1904. Resurrection was established to serve the large Polish-American population on Chicago's southwest side and the surrounding suburbs. Something I wouldn't have considered before starting this piece, these cemeteries actually created economic growth in the area in the form of taverns and eateries catering to those visiting the cemeteries from Chicago. Starting in 1901, there were even streetcars that traveled from Chicago to Joliet along Archer Avenue, which brought families out to visit the gravesites. I can't imagine how long that route took, but it was probably quicker than I-55 is today. In 1911, residents voted to incorporate as a village. The origin of the village name of Justice is unclear. 
By 1930, there were 377 residents of justice. 30 years later, in 1960, there were 2,803. By 1990, that number jumped to 11,137. And by 2010, the number of justice residents was 12,926, a number that has remained pretty consistent since then. Justice's location at the intersection of Archer Avenue and LaGrange Road made it an obvious choice for the path of the Tri-State Tollway. The 53.45-mile interstate completed in 1958. This highway cut right through the small village of Justice and divided the community into three areas. Old Justice is the area north of Archer Avenue, and the toll road divides the southern part of Justice into east and west sections. Fun fact, although there are roughly 12,900 living Justice residents at any time, there are nearly 200,000 Yes, 200,000 deceased residents buried at the four cemeteries in this small village. In addition to Bethania and Resurrection Cemeteries, Justice's four cemeteries also include the smaller Lithuanian National and Mount Glenwood Memory Gardens West, formerly Archer Woods, located on the quieter and less traveled Keene Avenue. Much like its larger neighboring cemetery, Mount Glenwood Memory Gardens West also has its own ghost story. Those passing by have reported seeing a woman dressed in white inside the cemetery gates, her hands covering her face as she sobs while walking among graves, seemingly searching for a lost loved one. Uh, By the way, if you happen to be in Justice, Illinois, and why wouldn't you be, Check out my pal Steve's cousin Joey's place, Davern's Tavern, on 79th Street. Good food, good drinks, and lots of TVs for Bears games. Here is a little bit about the Willowbrook Ballroom, which plays a fairly big part in the Resurrection Mary story. It was originally constructed in 1921 as an outdoor dance pavilion named O. Henry Park by Austrian immigrant John Verderbar. Immediately successful, it was enlarged and fully enclosed in 1923. Destroyed by fire in 1930, owner Verderbar hired a crew of 200 carpenters and a new facility was built for $100,000, a little more than $1.5 million in today's money. In 1959, it was renamed the Willowbrook Ballroom. During the 1940s, at the height of the big band era, the O. Henry is said to have attracted 10,000 dancers every week and presented the nation's top orchestras and band leaders, including Count Basie, Guy Lombardo, Jimmy Dorsey, Artie Shaw, and Glenn Miller. Even after interest in big band died down, the Willowbrook was able to pivot and bring in acts such as the Guess Who, Village People, Otis Day, and even Chippendale Dancers. As record crowds flocked to the 6,000-square-foot dance floor, the Willowbrook Ballroom also became a favorite setting for weddings, proms, and other events. I'm sure my friend Heather 
who has a much better memory than I do, recalls whether we had our 8th grade graduation party there, which I think we did. Uh, And I also think the last time I was there was for a post-funeral luncheon. Sadly, the October 2016 fire destroyed the building, although there was talk of an organization raising funds to build a similar structure on the land. The last thing I could find about the land appears to be about the impending construction of condos on the site of what was a vibrant entertainment spot, one that brings back many fond memories for those who went there, and a favorite haunt of a ghost called Resurrection Mary. I do hope you've enjoyed today's episode about Chicago's Ghost Tales and Resurrection Mary. As always, I'd love to hear from you if you have questions about anything covered today, anything to add, or have a different topic you think might be a good fit for a future episode of the Chicago History Podcast. I can be reached by email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. I will be posting news articles, pictures, and other items of interest from back in the day related to this episode on the Chicago History Podcast Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Check it out and give us a follow, please. Thanks, as always, to John K. Schneider for creating the Chicago History Podcast logo and the art used on the social media pages. He can be found at AngelEyesArtJKS on Instagram or via email at angeleyesartjks at gmail.com. If you would, please take a moment and like, subscribe, and kindly review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and tell a few friends. It helps us get the word out and reach new history fans and fans of Chicago. Get out and explore when possible, learn more about whatever city you live in, and stay safe. Thanks for listening.